0: friends. Welcome to the Most Humble Podcast. I'm your host, Dammit Damien. All right, buddies. On this week's episode, we conclude our three-part series of my adventures in New York. Uh, we started out with make do and mend. That we did that little interview at the Knitting Factory. Um, we also last week we had worship this from Akron, Ohio. Uh, we interviewed them the same night that we did this interview, and tonight we got Nick Harris, my buddy Nick from the band Luther from Philadelphia, a uh, really killer, great set of dudes. Uh, for those of you guys who aren't uh, particularly in the know, aren't regular listeners, I tour managed Artless Nancy. Uh, we went up from Death of False Hope Records Fest in Durham, North Carolina, all the way up to uh, Pooza Fest in Montreal, Canada. My fat fucking ass is slow and lazy. I never got around to getting a passport. So, therefore, I didn't uh, go to PUSAFest. So, instead, I went to visit family and friends in New York City, uh, a place I had never been to ever before. And then, why not interview some bands while I was there, while uh, getting to know my new nephew? Um, so, yeah, this is the uh, last of the uh, three interviews that we did in New York City. And uh, not that the other two weren't good interviews, but this is, hands down, my favorite. I've been trying to get Nick on tape here for a very, very long time. Uh, we've gotten to be... Pretty good acquaintances, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't call him a best friend forever yet, but he will be. Uh, but anyway, we've been trying to get this uh, interview on the books for a while now, and it just, for whatever fucking reason, hasn't happened. Uh, and uh, But man, thank God for the wait, because I, I think we got a better interview out of this than we would have a year and a half ago, or six months ago, or whatever. And uh, luckily, luckily, what you're going to hear today is a very, very fun, very lubricated interview. I woke up the next morning... <laughs> Um, not even quite sure how I got back to my friend's uh, apartment, but I wake up and I get a text from Lu uh, Nick from Luther going like, Oh man, do you mind sending me over a copy of that? Can you make sure not to mention this, 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 and this? Oh man, you're such a good, talented interviewer. You got the good stuff out of me. I'm a little nervous to hear it. Uh, he did take a listen to it and said, Hey, everything's fine. Let's go for it. Let's go, let's go with it. I don't know what the hell I was so afraid of, uh, but it is, it is, uh, quite in a, uh, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside to have somebody, somebody whose band you thoroughly enjoy and love go, hey, man, you're really skilled at what you do. And I'm like, no, dude, you're really skilled at what you do. I just get drunk and ask dumb questions, and for whatever reason, people answer me. So, Nick, thank you for uh, sitting down and talking to me. Um, Luther's uh, one of my favorite bands. They put out one of my favorite records of last year. Um, we walked across the street from the studio at Webster Hall in New York City uh, where they were opening for anti-flag with Worship This and This Is Hell. Um, there was, in the big room at this, at Webster Hall, there was the uh, This Is Hardcore Festival going on. I believe that's the name. I could be wrong. And so it's funny. We go across the street to the sports bar, and it's loud as shit, and they're just fucking um, hardcore fans everywhere. It was fun. Um, we, got, we got them turning down the stereo a little bit so it's it's a little loud it's a little noisy uh, we had a few libations but it's good honest fun and uh, we got some good 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 goodies out of nick today Uh, i'm gonna quit rambling um we're gonna go ahead and open up this set uh let's get you somewhere else again one of my favorite records of last year i can't stop listening to it had a really hard time deciding which track to open this up with but uh, it seems to be that like the strongest best song off this record and it's not to say any of the other ones aren't but uh, a quiet stretch of weather is kind of like the the hit off this album uh the one that most people everybody everybody everywhere knows um and then man we're gonna it's gonna be a hell of a time finding a uh last track to uh throw on the end of this episode because they're all just so damn good uh this album is let's get you somewhere else it was recorded by pete from the bouncing souls at his studio little eden um this is on Chunkasaw saw records which is the bouncing souls very own record label we're going to talk about all that and all their connections here today uh, again this is a quiet stretch of weather
1: I'm not catering to anyone anymore This is it, you got me Is it a midlife crisis now? Hope I don't die when I'm 40.
0: So this show, I, uh, I like talking origin stories. Talking what? Origin stories. Okay. I'm a comic book kid. Oh, all so right. So I, I like like Wolverine's origin when they finally revealed it, stuff okay. like that. So, um, and, and then I find that universally, like a lot of us come from the same beginning in the same place. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like when you were like a little kid, young, like five, six, seven, eight years old. Yeah. What was the first thing you remember? learning about music what was the first obsession my first obsession with music alright the first first moment you went I like this song I'm six years old I'm dancing to it
2: the first song honestly this might be a little cliche but I'll I'll, okay. I'll, I'll segue I'll, I'll do a good segue here is I remember sitting in my mother's car and hearing the song and your bird can sing by the beatles On this cassette tape that she had. And I don't come from an extremely musical family. Like, my sister plays piano a little bit. Um, But for the most part, like, I, there was the only thing we listened to in my house was the Beatles. So I heard this song. I was like, oh, wow, like, this is cool. Like, I remember she was taking me to the doctor's office. I had, like, an ear infection or something. And I was listening to it. And maybe that's why it sounded awesome. But we were driving, and I was like, Mom, I would like to hear that song again. And I was probably four or five. And we just listened to it over and over and over again. And then I didn't care about music for like another three years. And then my brother, who is five years older than me, my best friend in the world, uh, one day comes into my room, I was seven, and he said, I got this, and it's terrible. Take it. And it was, A, the first compact disc I ever saw in my life. And that was the first day I ever heard Green Day. And he had given me Dookie because he was like, this is just shit. Like, how the fuck could anybody listen to this? And I remember I put it on. Like, we had, like, a family stereo, and I put it on, and I cranked it. And I remember as soon as it came in, I was like, Jesus Christ, like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I didn't really think that, you know, like, I, I, I associated that's when I thought that music was cool, and then maybe... Four months later, five months later, there was a show called The Wonder Years that was yes. on television. And I, I believe I've seen it. You've seen, you've seen probably all of it, but uh, the main character, our, our protagonist, Kevin Arnold, started a band with his friends called The Electric Shoes, and then it just dawned on me when I was probably, you know, after seeing that and then seeing it a couple years later when I was like, you know, 10, thinking like, wow, like he just went out and bought a guitar and started a band like... That's a thing you can do. Yeah. So, I I took every cent that I had saved up, and I went out and I bought a guitar, and was like, okay, Green Day, a guitar. That's it. That's like all there is to it now, and that's really been it. Did just, when did you? When uh, did you first play in front of people? The first time I ever played in front of people was in seventh grade. It was me and the only drummer that I've ever really been in a band with, who I'm still in Luther with. Nice. And we've known we've been best friends since sixth grade, and we played at our seventh grade talent show in a uh, in a in a you know screeching weaselly-sounding pop punk band. And uh, we, I have to say that we were awesome. We were just great. It was fantastic. And uh, that was the first time I ever played in front of people. What did you play? Like covers? We did play a cover. I'm not going to say which one we played, but we played a cover and an original that we wrote in the hallway. Immediately before we went on Because at first they were like You guys have five minutes And then were like Okay, cool our cover, will, our cover will do great And then they came back out And they're like Someone dropped out You guys have ten minutes Play another song and I was like Oh, Jesus So we wrote some song real quick And uh, it's on a video somewhere I don't know who has it But it's out there
0: um, So What was the transition From like big, how, how did you decide To start a band With the drummer That's still in Luther? Well, I remember sixth grade,
2: you know, it's like our, my first day of middle school. You sort of, it's a moment where you choose like, okay, I'm going to be a sports guy or eventually I'm just going to be a pothead. So we decide, I decided at a very early age that I was like a chubby little kid that I'm not going to, there's no way I can run for that long and be okay. So I looked for the first person I saw that had some sort of, you know, because like I'd been in a green day since I was seven. So I showed up, you know, my first day of sixth grade. I'm wearing my fucking, my fucking Adidas shell tops and my jeans and my, my no effect shirt. And I look for the first kid that I see and I see Andy and I believe he was either wearing an alkaline trio shirt in sixth grade, which is pretty fucking cool. Or he was wearing like a saves the day shirt or something that I was like, all right, like you and me, this is it. Like, doesn't matter if we agree about anything. We're best friends. We're stuck together. And, uh... In 5th grade I had, met a, I had met a friend who, who had a bass and his older brother was in bands and uh, you know, he sort of showed us the way that like oh wow like there's people renting out VFW halls and you can go and play in front of you know 10 people that are there to see you play shitty punk rock and so from then on out it just never made sense to not play in a band you know and uh so, so every single time that Andy and I have been hanging out, I think that we've played music together. Yeah. It,
0: it, it, you're The band is from Philly, but you're not from Philly.
2: I am not from Philly. I am from the great state of New Jersey. Uh, three of us are from New Jersey. One of us is from Pennsylvania. But all of us have lived in Philadelphia for the past, you know, pretty much for the past five years. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I grew up, 45 minutes from the holland tunnel 45 minutes from the beach and 45 minutes from philadelphia so i was like really spoiled by the kind of music scene i had i was like surrounded by like i started going to diy shows when i was you know 12 years old like i've been booking shows since i was 13 you know so it's i was really spoiled and i feel like uh you know there's people from like Arizona, like I have a really good friend in Arizona that's like, yeah, I didn't know what any of this stuff was until I was like nineteen or twenty, and so I feel like uh, being from New Jersey was really has made me the person that I am. You know, like I was I was surrounded by like New Brunswick punk rock. I was surrounded by the New York scene, and it was I'm really just grateful to have to have been from there, even though I have deserted it and moved to Philadelphia.
0: Uh, is your brother still involved with any of it? I mean, do, what does he think about like? He's the one that introduced you to this world. He threw you that Green Day CD.
2: Uh, he'll probably hold it over my head forever, but no, he's taken the more traditional route. Lives, has a has a great wife, has a kid on the way. But uh, yeah, it's it's totally. My family's super supportive about the whole thing, and we're playing uh, we're playing with Gaslight Anthem in the Hold Steady next weekend. And uh, he was like, I heard that Gaslight Anthem band on the radio. They're really really good. I'd love to come check out and I was like, hey, you should really check out the Holdsteady because that's like the reason that I'm excited, you know. But uh, yeah, there I have a really supportive family about it and uh, they'll come out to like the shows that we play in New Jersey or in Philly and stuff. But yeah, it's not like one of those those people that are like, I, I don't go home at Thanksgiving and my dad's like, when are you are going to get a real job, son? He's like,
0: no, I'm proud of you that you're like supporting yourself doing what you love, you know. I, I, I'm lucky in the sense that I had a real job and was miserable and my parents saw that. Oh. And now I'm doing the not real job thing. Oh, that's And awesome. happy, and they're like, okay, cool, all right. Well, we don't want you to kill yourself. Exactly, exactly. You're happy, it's cool. So it's good that you have this yeah, the support. Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and there have been times where I've been very unsupportive of myself and been like, all right, now it's time that you stop being in a band seriously and go to school, and that's exactly what happens. You just get really sad, yeah. and you just fucking, yeah. you know only go for a few months at a time and then you're like alright I'm just gonna start a band to quit school it just doesn't matter what it sounds like
0: yeah. um, have you always written songs? has that been a, like an early, early yeah thing? you know
2: um, is Andy whenever I like so whenever I'll go over Andy's house Andy and Greg live together with uh, our buddy Dennis and two members of a band called Timeshares they're yeah, yeah. fantastic people. fantastic band yeah. great band uh, our best friends in the world uh, okay? you're doing great. Thank yeah, you.
0: Thank you. Leave that in. That's, that's a good. That's a good oh, ambiance. Ambiance. it. It's <laughs> as hot as fuck too. That's the thing. That's the thing that kills me about New York is there are beautiful women right. everywhere just doing every- minial, like minial. Is that the word? Minial. Yeah. The,
1: I
2: jobs. Yeah. But that's the thing. In New York just everyone just like fucking everyone is painfully good looking in this yeah. city <laughs> except and for I, me. And I feel like a goddamn monster every time I walk in here, you know. Yeah. Like, there's a guy walking down the street just, like, cracking mirrors with how good-looking he is. It's just ridiculous. But uh, anyway, like, every time I pick up a guitar, like, I have no interest in learning, you know, how to play, like, oh, shit, that's how Poison by Rancid goes? No, like, I'll just listen to a record if I want to hear it, you know? Like, I don't really know how to play many covers. Uh, there's a few songwriters that I'll try to learn, but for the most part, when I sit down with a guitar, I'm trying to just fuck around, write something new, like... I try, my goal is to try to write a song a week, so I think the first song I ever wrote I was 10 or 11, and I forget exactly what it was about, but I remember I tried to play it after I'd like retuned my guitar and it just didn't work, and I'd like written it out of tune and it just didn't make sense, but yeah, always written songs since I was, you know... Since I, that's how I learned how to play, it's just right. by just by fucking around and writing cool. songs. You yeah.
0: know, well, one of the things I really like about the band is like it, it kind of has that. I don't know. Uh, fuck, I got it written down right here. I forget the name, but the song that opens up with "Some days I could call barely." Okay, be, yeah, whatever. Glory Bees, Glory, Glory Bees. Bees. Yeah, I love how untraditional it opens up, and it just it just grabs me every time, and I'm like, oh, I love that song so much. But it, it's. And growing up, all my friends that went to school for music wrote boring songs. It was always the guys that never knew how to, they're like, I don't know how to fuck, what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. Those were all these interesting things.
2: Well, I feel like there's, there's bands out there that, you know, like that you fall in love with and then you sort of look into their backstory and you're like, oh, wow, like they had no idea what they were what? doing, you know, like take a band like uh, Band of Horses, the guy learned how to fucking write songs. He was a drummer and learned how to play guitar by writing songs or you know and you really can concentrate on melodies and lyrics a little bit more and uh, that's why we do like a ton of alternate tunings and stuff because it becomes like a new instrument and you can just sort of like forget what you know and sort of just fall in love with the innocence of it all
1: again you know
0: Um let's rewind just a second sure. What what did bring you to Billy from Jersey Well I originally moved there
2: I used school as an excuse I went to uh, I went to school for graphic design and painting and uh, I used it as an excuse because they, I knew there was something cool going on there like me and Andy were like all right this we're going to community college now this band that we're in is doing absolutely nothing what band uh, were you in I was in it we were in a couple we were in like a pop punk band from Jerseys that was like our high school band and then when we moved to Philly, we started a band called The Ruining that was like, you know, a cross between Hot Water Music and Lifetime, just like, sort of, we only released three songs, okay. you know, like we weren't a band for a very long time, but um, our buddy Matt, who is just a fantastic guy was in it, and our buddy Scott, who later went on to be in a band called The Holy Mess, was in it. Yeah. Um, I know The
1: Holy
2: I know of them, I don't yeah. know. Like so, we did that for a little bit, but... Andy and I sort of used school as an excuse to be like, all right, we can get student loans, pay for a place to live, and go to house shows and hang out and meet all these awesome people. And it it just didn't, we'd exhausted every resource of the town we were from. And it was either stay where we were, not do music, move to New York, pay a fuck ton of money to do music, or move to Philadelphia and live cheaply and do music. And we decided on that. And then,
0: so you were in these bullshit, these other bands. Say bullshit. That's I bullshit. That. I mean, like, yeah. I don't mean it in a negative way. It's in a spinning wheel? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Way. yeah. Um, how did? And, and, and this is a bullshit question. Is sure, sure, where where sure. the bullshit word came out. How did uh, how did that become Luther? And how long did it take?
2: Well, I don't know if I would go as far as to call Luther a non-bullshit band,
0: but... No, um, no, 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 but, but, I, but I'm saying, like, my question, line of questioning yeah, is... Yeah, how long did it take?
2: Um, so we did The Ruining for probably three or four years, and then after a while we were like, okay, like, this stopped being what it started out to be, which is, like, people that were like-minded about making this music, and we all just ended up having different goals, and... Uh, you know, we did like a tour or two, and played a ton of shows. Got to play with a lot of bands we loved, but when it came down to it, it just didn't make sense to keep doing it because it was like starting to strain friendships and stuff. So that was supposed to be. So Luther was supposed to be, I'm sorry. So after the ruining, you know, like, and we had really good songs. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I'm really some of those. Some of those songs were some of the fav- my favorite songs that I've ever been a part of. We. The MySpace is still up there if you want to check it out, but um, it was it was like exhausting to do to the point where I was like, "All right, I'm not going to do another band for a while." Uh, living in Philly, started going to school again. Like I'd stopped for a little bit, started went back and was like, "All right, I can't not write music." So I was writing these songs and I met Phil. One night I was really drunk at a bar and I met Phil because we both found out that we were like, we shared a mutual friend and we discovered that we love this one band so much and that like no one else in the world loves them. And uh, what band? They're called Oscar. I love Oscar. Yeah, Oscar. Yeah, Yeah, it's very rare to find find fellow Oscar fans. But they were in the movie uh, Crazy Beautiful. That's what I've heard, and I haven't been able to tolerate that movie at all to like find the part that they're in. I like that movie. Really, who is? It?
0: It's Kirsten Dunst, and yeah. who's the? Uh, Jay Hernandez. He's oh, just like yeah. a yeah. random, like I hate to say, random Hispanic dude, but he. No, but no, but he's, he's like
2: handsome as fuck, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, looks yeah. like a guy that you'd see walking around New York, uh, like breaking mirrors with this good looks.
0: Yeah, and he's and he's in a bunch of cop movies because he kind of looks like a cop, but it's yeah. a good movie. It's worth watching. Um, I think it's worth watching. I, I used to own it. I don't anymore. But I feel you. You I know get, you get to watch Kirsten Kirsten Dunst for an hour and a half, not wear a bra. You're
2: talking to a guy who's one of, one of his favorite movies is uh, Love Actually, so you don't really have okay. you don't have to worry about embarrassing movies. Um, so I was like, okay, I met this guy Phil. The cards are sort of like the stars are sort of aligning here. Um, I'm going to start a band, but it's going to be my I finish my degree, I get a job, I get married. Kind of band where we can play when it's when it's convenient and we don't. We, it's just fun. We don't we don't put any effort into it. It's just sort of all comes very naturally, which it did. And then we started and on our second show, some people from Black Numbers, which is a small a small record label who are doing fantastic things and are fantastic people, uh, were there and were like, "Hey, we'd love to put out your record." I was like, "Well, Jesus Christ, why couldn't this happen to a band that I was actually like trying to do this with?" You know. So but that's the way it
0: works, it's, it, right? And it's the same thing with women. Like, you don't try with the girl, she's all over you. Yeah, I guess. Or, and vice versa. I mean, know. I guess it's the same thing with
2: a significant other, you know. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Luther sort of came to be like that, where you know, sort of just like in a basement, South Philly. We just like, hey, I've had this song written since high school, and I've never had a band that could play it. So it was like a lot, of, a lot of collections of things like that. And that's like what our first album ended up being was, you know, I'm like a riff hoarder, like a part hoarder. Like I've had lyrics, even lyrics on our full length that I've had since high school that just never seemed right to use. I was like, all right, you know what? Like I'm ready to approach this a different way or, you know, this could be a song now. Like it doesn't have to we don't have to sound like anything we can sound like what this song sounds like you know and so that's what it turned into was me and Phil each taking those parts that we had and just sort of turning it into that and I guess that that's what people respond to is is that's like what people were more interested in was than a band that sounded like Lifetime or Hot Water music or a band that sounded like Screech and Weasel like a band that just sounded
0: like songs you know? what, what, what I like is how you guys aren't very category you can't Pigeonhole you guys into a category. You guys are all over the place. Yeah, and I think that kind of nice. shoots ourselves
2: in the foot a little bit because it doesn't. No matter what tour we're on, it kind of doesn't really make
0: sense. And no, no. Well, it, it, I've seen you in Denver with about six holes. I've seen you tonight with Anti Flag in New York City, and people just the punk rock kids where their. You, you guys always get these big like punk rock tours kids with the studded leather jackets and whatnot and just staring at you going you know, like what the fuck is this shit Yeah, and it's but I enjoy watching that because I'm like those kids just they don't get
2: it yeah it's funny right like uh, and what's, what's actually really funny is that you know the majority of us listen to way heavier music like you know this weekend driving to the beach I had to go to a wedding this weekend at the beach it was fantastic but uh you know, I was rocking fucking Pantera the whole way, or you know, I love hip hop and stuff like that. Like all of our musical tastes are so diverse that you know we just somehow through our you know there's like five bands that we all agree on when we're in the van ba- in the van, and somehow we just end up sounding like '90s emo or hit- rock, you know. But nothing of that is intentional. Like it just ended up sort of sounding like that. I, it's very actually kind of caused some problems within the band because we're like why do we keep doing these punk tours when you know we sound like we should be playing at bars on the beach but you know that's like what we come from like like I said like I've thrown shows since I was 13 like you know being part of a DIY community is really important to me being able to like sleep at night but at the same time we happen to sound like naturally just happen to sound like stuff that isn't really Extremely conducive, or at least very common in in those kind
0: of scenes, and it's wonderful. Like it's it's a kind of a breath for me. Like how old are you? I'm 24. God, you're young. I'm 31. Okay, so you're you're young too. You know, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. But it's 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 such a breath of fresh air.
2: Well, that's that's awesome to hear. Thank you. Like we we really like the the most. But what's great about playing with Every band that we've ever gone on tour with, we've gotten along with, which is important. Like yeah. I think that the only time we would ever drop off a tour, like we could be on tour with a band that completely makes sense sonically for us. And if we're not having fun, we're just not gonna do it. Like that's what it comes down to. Like we just got off a tour with Glockamora. that was one of the most fun tours we've ever done in our lives. And and their buddies, they're basically neighbors of ours. Um, and it just We sound nothing alike. We sound absolutely nothing alike. But those were some of the most fun shows we've ever played because you get to hang out with your friends and stuff. So it just reminds you that like when I was going to shows growing up, you'd see a hardcore band, and then you'd see a ska band, and then you'd see a pop-punk band, and then you'd see an indie band. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter at all because you're just all doing music that you believe in. And And everybody's having fun. Exactly. In theory. That's like the motive behind it is, hey... I enjoy my life way more because I'm doing this. Right. You know. So that's so it's sort of a it's sort of a, a crossroads there between doing what makes sense and doing what feels right. So it sort of caused a couple problems within the band, but we have some stuff coming up that makes a
0: little bit more sense cool. and we're really excited. About it. Cool. I remember talking to you in Denver that on the Basic Souls tour yeah. and I don't know it, I don't remember like I had been drinking, so I just assume everybody <laughs> like knows. now. I'd like I'd like to preface all of this with that I've been
1: drinking, but
0: anyway. No, no. I mean, so have I. Yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Cheers. Um, you, you were talking about how flat. Like I want to use the word flabbergasted. You were like, the bouncing souls have just taken us under their wings, and I don't really get why. You told me something along those lines at that show. And is that still like a thing yeah, in your I head? Wish, it's like I, wish, I wish I had a better answer
2: for you, but I, I still, you know, like, there, there are very few people in the world that I respect as much as the Bouncing Souls and the people that they surround themselves with, like their crew. Or they call it their family. It's their family, you know? And um, uh, I think that it probably stems from Kate because, you know, we, we played, like, I met Kate... Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, like we, we, I'd met her a few times, but the first time I remember really hanging out with Kate was actually the first time we ever played in Manhattan. And uh, we were playing a band called The Revelings Record Release, who are a fantastic band that I suggest you check out. Um, okay. And we're playing the record release, and Kate came up to me and was like, do you like Wilco? I was like, yeah, I was like, of course I like Wilco. And she was like, do you want to go see Wilco in Central Park? And so we went and we saw Wilco in Central Park. And after that, she was like, hey, I'd love to put out your records. And I was like, well, Jesus Christ, this fucking awesome lady would love to put out our records. And she's associated with a band that I, you know, I'm from New Jersey, like Bouncing Souls in New Jersey, hand in hand. Saw that band more times than I can count when I was a kid. And uh, it was just so strange because, like you said before, we're sort of, you know, like I don't, we're definitely not a band that is like a genre bending next radio head. No, we're just a fucking rock band playing punk shows. And, but for some reason, she just, she was just like, you guys are good, like, and I took her word for it, and, you know, after that, I remember hearing, like, Pete approached us and was like, hey, the kids putting out your records, I'd love to record you guys, I was like, well, shit, we got two of them to believe in us, that's fucking really cool, and then the first day of tour, you know, Greg's teaching me how to do vocal warm-ups, Brian's teaching us how to party correctly, like, McDermott's showing us some tips for, like... It was just so insane, and it all happened so fast, but everyone has just been so nice to us, involved with that, that all we want to do is hang out with them. Like, it's fucking ridiculous that I can say, yeah, some of my really good friends in the world are the Bouncing Souls, and musically, we make zero sense together, but personality-wise, everyone just gets along so well that why would we not keep hanging out and playing shows together? Yeah. You
0: know? How long have you guys been together? What, 2010?
2: We played our first show... November of 2010, yeah. but we started practicing in like, what's it, January, February, like September, maybe October. I remember we were all supposed to, I me and Andy were going to go down to Fest just to go to it yeah. in 2010, but it was like the only weekend that all of us could practice, and I think that our first practice might have been like around Fest of 2010, so well, like October 2010 was like when we started practicing.
0: And so it's what? God, what, I don't even, it's It's, almost, almost three years, almost, yeah, almost three years, and you guys have, like, rocketed up really quickly, does that make you nervous how quickly you've ascended?
2: Uh, yeah, but nothing of it has felt unnatural to us, like, there's nothing really, there's only a couple times where I felt like we've sat down in the living room and been like, are you sure that, that we should be doing this tour, or, like, it's always been, we haven't done anything thus far that we've been uncomfortable with. And I think that The second that those kinds of things Start to come up We'll just We just won't do it We just We just won't do it Like if there's a time Like Where someone's like Hey you know Like I really can't do this tour Or I'd really think that this is Like I'm not really feeling This part right now We'd be like Alright We'll talk in six months See where everyone's at You know So We definitely Have played a ton of shows Like I think that Tonight was show 240-something, which is crazy for being in a band for less than three years, you know. Um, But none of it has been, has been, like, uncomfortable. So it doesn't make me nervous, but it definitely makes it way harder to feel comfortable at home. Because, like, there's, like, a three-week break either way. Like, the first... Three weeks of a tour, I'm like, holy shit! I miss my bed. I miss my friends. Like, I miss just going to shows and hanging out in Philly. I miss my family. And then there's the first three weeks when you're home after a tour, where you're like, Jesus Christ, when's our next fucking show already? So, you know, we're all kind of people that are that are sort of ill at ease. Like, we we kind of have that itch to always be out there. And you know, like we're a, we're a band that really likes playing shows. Like, it's it's really rare. Like, there's usually at least a couple people in a band that just hate touring. Yeah. And uh, luckily, we have four people that not only tolerate it, but genuinely have known each other long enough or know each other in a well enough way that it just makes sense. And, you know, we fucking fight like a family, but that's because we're a
0: family, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you guys still have fun, or is it a business yet?
2: Oh, if it became a business, I'd yeah. we'd be done, you know? Like, it's, it's strange because... There's times where you have to incorporate a business into a friendship where it's like, okay, like this is how we're gonna publish songs or, you know, like, hey, here's your money for this tour or whatever. But, you know, never has it come to a point where it's been like, hey, we have to have a meeting because, you know, we're not we're not meeting quotas on X, Y, Z. No, like, fuck that. Like, there's did the wall just break over there. But, talk uh, about. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, the uh, the the business aspect definitely comes into play but takes a back seat to the fact that you know three of us have been childhood friends and the fourth one just feels like we've known him since we were kids so it's it's really just everything about this whole thing has felt very natural and very very fun and you know we I don't think I'd change a move that we've made you know, in a heartbeat, you know, it wouldn't, it
0: wouldn't make sense to but I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Sure. I mean, we could talk about this kind of stuff for hours, but... Yeah, yeah, no, dude. I mean, we, we got, but dude, you do your thing. Wrap it up. I'll talk as long as you want. Uh, man, it's great. It's wonderful. I feel like I've known you for a long time. That's hey, what's okay. wonderful. Um, so, Let's Get You Somewhere Else. Okay. was one of the albums of last year that I slept on. All right. I listened to it a couple times, but it wasn't until the year-end lists came out in January that I went, oh man, I I I went back and forced myself to listen to it in a way like, why do people love this so much? And it grabbed me. Grabbed me and I'm booked. I love it to death. Holy shit. I I just wanted to apologize. Like I did my top ten list, yada yada yada. And you did a revision, right? Right, I did a revision and I went, this band should have been on there like number Four or five somewhere, but yeah. I didn't want to kick any of the other bands off the list. No, I, I thought it. But um, so I, I, I read that you guys got into you guys were on tour with Tom May. My
2: roommate, Tom May. Oh, your roommate's yeah, with Tom. My, my
0: roommate. Tom's such a
2: sweet, sweet
0: guy. Yeah, if
2: Tom if Tom is listening to to this right now, there is a mouse trap behind our uh, garbage can that he needs to throw away because there's a dead mouse in it right now. I'm- <laughs>
0: So you guys were on tour with Tom yeah, Little Tommy And uh, you guys got in an accident We did, we got into an accident
2: We did uh, It's actually still really really fucked up and really hard to talk about uh,
0: Well you don't have to um, It'd be great if you did
2: Yeah this will be like the first time I've ever done this uh, okay. So we played in St. Louis uh, The night before We were supposed to play in Chicago Off Broadway? No, wait. In St. Louis, we yeah. played at a place called the Heavy Anchor. Okay, never been there. Um, it was a good show. It was fun, um, and so and the whole tour was great. Like it started after fest. We did some shows with Broadway Calls. We, you know, played with Souls for the second time that we ever played with them in Denver um, at the Marquee. It was a good time.
0: I missed that show. I was at the night before. Yeah. Yeah. So bummed. Well.
2: But it was just great. Like it was our either our second or third tour ever, and we overnight drove from St. Louis to Chicago, and we were staying at the promoter whose name is Dan Case. We stayed at his house. We like got there in Chicago.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know Dan. Oh, Uh, I don't know. This all this
2: all makes sense then, full circle, because we got there at like 6 a.m. And Dan, like, came outside and was like, hey, I'll show you where to park. I'm going to go back to sleep. You guys can all come in and crash out. So we got in, and we we crashed out for a few hours. And as I mentioned before, I went to school for graphic design and art. And uh, so anyone who is involved in the art world knows that the Art Institute of Chicago has probably, actually arguably, the best museum in the country as far as, like, Van Gogh, just like everything, everything, like tons of Edward Hopper paintings, all kinds of shit, and so Phil and I, who are the who are the the artsier guys in the band, decided that all right, we're gonna go to the museum. If anybody wants to come, why don't you come along? We'll hang out. It'll be great. And so we go to the museum. No one else wants to come, and the other three went bowling with like Brandon Kelly or some shit. And after that. Uh, a car accident ensued. Based on legal reasons, I'm not going to discuss the specifics of it. But basically, a car hit us, hit our van, and we got a phone. Me and Phil were in the museum, and we got a phone call from our from our friend that was on tour with us that said, "I'm not joking. There's been an accident. I don't know if anyone is okay. Everyone is going to separate hospitals. I have to go." And hung up. So me and Phil were in a city that we've never been in before, miles away from everyone and just completely fucking confused about what was going on oh wow so uh, phil and i were standing on the front of the of the art institute steps i was smoking a cigarette and i was like what do we do and we just went up to the first cop we saw and we were like we heard there was a car accident can you please just tell us where to go like that was our family like that was like what happened and we just jumped in a cab and we we finally figured it all out and We showed up and, you know, people were held overnight in the hospital. Like, people had, you know, punctured lungs and all kinds of fucked up shit. Like, really, like, stitches. Like, people were in stretchers, neck braces and stuff. And, like, as fucked as it can be without someone, you know, dying. Like, our van was totaled. Uh, We had to cancel the rest of the tour. And Dan Case, the promoter, let us stay at his house for, you know, a week while people healed and shit like we literally weren't well enough to drive home so finally like we got our shit together and started heading home and the day we got home we're like okay well everything is uncertain we have no van we just had to cancel a tour people are completely still injured and fucked up and we don't know what our next step is so we just started writing, and Let's Get You Somewhere Else, overall is, is, is not a concept album by any means, but sort of revolves around this reoccurring theme of don't take anything you have for granted because shit can get fucked up real quick, man, and uh, small side note on a lighter side of things, we met Dan Case that morning, and since then he has like been one of our go-to guys to tour with. Like, he went on that whole soul store with us, with Canada with us, like one of my favorite people in the world. So at least some good came out of it,
1: you know.
0: It, it, it's it, the whole reason, like I, I found that and like th- that plays a big part of the album. I lost a little sister. Oh shit, it, it, I, I, okay. I know, I know, I know the feeling. You know, it's like, that like that no, sucks. no, 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 no. It, it, four, almost four years ago. And at that moment I went... Let's stop playing it safe. Yeah. Let's fucking, like, you know, I could go at any time. Anybody can go at any yeah. time. Balls to the wall. Fucking let's do it. So is that kind of where you guys are at now? Yeah. Like, let's, like, let's do it like we might not have tomorrow.
2: Exactly. Like, anything could end at any fucking moment, man. And you really never know what tomorrow's going to bring. Like, tomorrow we could wake up and I could get a call from someone and be like hey guess what I'm quitting the band's over I'm going to law school or you know like a lot of people don't realize that I was listening to Modest Mouse earlier today and there's a lyric that's something like you know it's easy to forget to live life while there's still life to live or something like that and it really is so easy to to become so complacent about things and not really like do something that you want to do each day a lot of people just go through the motions and you know from where the place at least me personally I was in when we were writing Let's Get You Somewhere Else is like I almost lost three of the most important people in my life that day and you know why not live every fucking day like this is your last chance to spend time with everyone this is your last chance to do this this is your last chance to finish that book or check out this band or write that song or you know Kiss that person, you know. Like, why wouldn't you do that when you have the chance? And I feel like you're really shooting yourself in the foot if you don't at least spend a small
0: segment of your life living like that. Right. It, it's a, it's really sad because I know a number of people that are like, well, I got to work at nine o'clock in the morning. I can't do anything, and it's like, I can't go out tonight. It's like, are you going to remember going to bed early? Yeah. Or are you going to no. remember the good times you had? Yeah. Uh, me- or or the bad times you
2: had. Exactly. Like uh, my friend actually our friend Mark Beamer who's a guy who's helped us out immensely one of my actually personal heroes runs a thing called uh, SSE and they do a thing called Shirts for a Cure okay, and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah he tweeted one time uh, no one looks back and remembers the nights that they got an eight hour sleep you know like it's it's the nights that it's the nights that you fucking hang out and that you you live you fucking yeah. live that you remember
0: that's, that's that's why I hate the city I live in because they they want to sleep and I'm like no and stay
2: up all no, night no 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 that's, that's why we're really that's why man like we've traveled this country a ton and not sounding like the fucking eagles like we're old, we're old dogs or anything but you know like we've toured a lot and uh, there's really nothing like the east coast as far as a uh, genuine respect of lack of sleep like just like get out there fucking do it like hang out sleep two hours go to work in the morning go through the motions and fucking
0: do it again like you know I think I was born on the wrong coast <laughs> yeah. by being born in Dallas, Texas and yeah, yeah whatever coast that is yeah. There's <laughs> no coast so all this bad juju happened yeah but you guys created something wonderful out of it when you guys see the like I I think it'd be hard pressed to find a bad review of uh Somewhere. Is it cause been, somewhere?
2: I, it, I, I, it, Let's get you somewhere else. I yeah, mean, yeah. I've been, I've been trying to find them, because um, you know, like, like several of my good friends. I'm a, I'm a, uh, an outed self-loather. But uh, I've been trying. Yeah, exactly. I've been trying really hard to find some bad ones. I found a couple, a couple less than favorable ones, but. Uh, I don't want to sound like a dickhead but it's been very hard to find a a fucking complete pan of it and uh, yeah it's really really surprising considering that I guess our harshest critic really is ourselves and uh, we're always just trying to take that next step with writing and uh, yeah like I think that after we put out that record you know everything we've done since then has just been fucking ridiculous like we got to We've gotten to play with, after next weekend we will have played with probably my two favorite bands of all time that are still playing, which is ridiculous, which is the Hold Steady and Hot Water music. And for me to be able to say that is way more gratifying than being like, oh, I got my degree in this, or this is how much money I make a year, or this is how many kids I have. You know, it's just like, I, I, I'm just fucking... In shock still of every opportunity that we've ever gotten, and just so grateful for everything that we've ever been offered, and yeah, I think that something we we tried our best to make something good come out of something that was awful, and
0: I really hope that we that we did that. It sounds weird asking that, but not this, possible. but uh, can you top the, that last record, or is that even something you think about? That's
2: not something we're concerned about at all. <laughs> like. Uh, Like I said, everything about this band has just been about what feels natural. And if, you know, like we're probably, we're probably 12 or 13 songs deep into the next writing process. And uh, I think that if right now we were like, "Uh, this doesn't feel cool or like, I don't like the songs or all these songs suck and we should break up. We'd be like, all right, cool. It's been fun. Like, peace. Like, we'll see you later. But I don't think that's a concern at all. Like, we've always just done what what felt right. And, you know, we're a very spontaneous band as far as writing goes. Like, I don't think that there was a song, at least the ones that I wrote. Like, you know, I think that there's three songs that Phil wrote completely, and like maybe five or six songs that I wrote completely, and then a couple songs that we fleshed out as a full band. and. I don't think that any of them in total took longer than two or three hours to write completely. And you know, it's it's those kinds of things that like if it doesn't come at once, you're just trying too hard. So we're a very spontaneous band when it comes to that. And we're all really self-conscious people when it comes down to it and we don't we don't wanna we don't wanna stoke our egos enough to be like, you know, this song's good but it needs this, it needs this, it needs this. It's like no, like Here's a song, let's jam on it. If it doesn't feel right, fuck it. If it feels good, sure, we'll put it in the maybe pile. So I don't really think that we're concerned with topping it as far as we're concerned with making another record that we're all unanimously stoked about. You know?
0: Man, that's a pretty good stopping point. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. what, What do you have going on the rest of the year? You're going to take some months off, right? We're going to what? Take some time off. Yeah, so we actually have a
2: pretty slow year, we've been hitting it really hard lately and uh, I think that we're going on tour in July and that should be really really cool and we're really stoked to be part of the fest in Gainesville this year and uh, other than that we're just going to write, hang out, enjoy the city that we love and that we live in and uh, finally like, take some time to like hang out with our friends and families for a little bit. and just fucking hit it harder than ever in
1: 2014.
0: Yeah, thank you. All right, buddies. Well, thanks for tuning in this week. Nick, next time you're in Colorado, buddy, beers are on me. Beers, burritos, I'll, t- I'll take you to town, buddy. Um, thanks again for hanging out. Thanks for stopping by with us. And man, you just turned 25, like listening to you talk and your stories and whatnot. I'd have no idea you were so young compared to my 32-year-old fat ass. Um, you're an old soul, my friend. Hopefully, we will be best friends forever. Uh, hopefully i see you again soon. Um, Luther's about to go out on tour with uh, Cheap Girls and The Draft. You know The Draft. They're the band that, uh, that when Chuck Reagan quit Hot Water Music, they broke up and started The Draft, and it sounded, well, pretty much just like Hot Water Music. Uh, they're going to do, it's just a short little tour. It's going to be through from July 17th through the July 28th, our good buddies, Cheap Girls, are going to be on there. It uh, looks like Tim Barry's going to play one of the shows with Corey Brandon. It's going to be on that too. That is the Detroit show. It's going to be a damn good time. I'm really bummed that's not coming anywhere near uh, Colorado because I would be there in a heartbeat. Uh, so, again, Nick, thank you very much. Check out um, this record, Let's Get You Somewhere Else. It's out now on Chucka saw Records. I'm going to quit rambling because, well, who cares what I got to say? Uh, if you like the podcast, if you like the show, your first time tuning in, please visit com. Or if you're fat and lazy like me, type in MHPOD.com. Uh, and uh, check out the website. We got some really cool episodes. I'm pr- really uh, proud of what I've managed to accomplish, uh, especially just being a drunk idiot with a microphone. Um Check out the store. I could really use some funds, so please buy uh, the t-shirts we got up for sale. Uh, and stop by, if if you got a little extra time, stop by iTunes. Leave a little iTunes review. Like us on Facebook. Do all that good stuff. Doing that helps us get further interviews and whatnot. And then, uh, hey, I like mail. I rarely get a, very much mail. Uh, I got a lovely letter from a young lady in Australia this last week, and it blew my mind that somebody in Australia is listening to my dumbass. So again, thank you for uh, listening. Thank you for turning to turning in. Thank you for tuning in And if you made it this far I commend you sir Uh, We're going to go ahead And end this episode With one of my Again It's so hard to choose a song Off this record uh, To Because it's just Such a great record But this one It's a little weirder It's a little quirkier And this is what me And Chris Love The keyboard player Of uh, Artless and Nancy Really bonded to uh, The very first day of tour Uh, This song is called The Glory Bees Again that's off Let's get you somewhere else com. Uh, thanks for listening. See you next week.
1: Those days I could call barely breathing. Locking doors and we were losing track. Scraps of surface till it scratches back. Until we're cracked up like the ceiling. For all the lips and lungs in this room, I cannot speak or breathe or get through this. Sweetly slip into this bitter